You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Great clips, Bo Brock with Alex Clancy. Thanks for joining us. We got a huge show. We got a couple juicy nuggets from Ian Rappaport joining Alex's uh, radio show earlier this morning. Who could be joining the Arizona Cardinals at the running back position? There is interest in a guy that used to be an absolute baller in the NFL ranks, plus an update on Larry Fitzgerald. And then I want to get into the conversation about what's left for the Arizona Cardinals to do. Before the NFL draft, a couple key positions they still need to maybe add some depth to. And also, we haven't talked about this, but the addition of Sean Williams. He signed his deal to join the Arizona Cardinals right at the tail end of one of our podcasts and then kind of got lost in the shuffle, Alex. Um, I think it's a sneaky good addition because he re he rejoins Vance Joseph, who he had a lot of success with earlier in his career in Cincinnati. Uh, I, I also talked to uh, Jake Lisko of uh, Locked On Bengals when they made the signing, and he, he seems to think he just kind of fell out of favor in Cincinnati and that he could be a guy that actually could make an impact, not only on special teams, but in the secondary. The good thing is, like, I remember back to the nightmare that was the Carolina Panthers game, and they were de- like, they were just, there was nobody left to play safety, and uh, the Cardinals are not going to be in that position next season. Yeah, you can't um, – it's never a bad thing to have depth, and especially from the safety position with with how tough Buda Baker plays. I mean, you never know. You need you need a triumvirate. You need a, a group of guys that could step in. Chris Banjo was was thrown into that role against Carolina. It wasn't necessarily his fault. I mean, they just – they didn't have the bodies. And Jalen Thompson hasn't proven that he could be a lead guy. I mean, after out of the supplemental draft a couple of years ago out of Washington State, you know, he's he surprised people. I mean, he's. I think he's played better than people probably gave him credit for coming out of the supplemental draft. But yeah, I mean, adding depth is important. Offensive line, you seem depth, and uh, the safety position definitely as well. And hopefully, cornerback is next. Yeah, you, you absolutely hope so. Um, I can't wait to get to this juicy running back rumor that uh, you received from from Rap Sheet, uh, and then also as far as the Arizona Cardinals are concerned, we, we'll still we'll we'll dabble in a couple some draft talk because it's pretty much impossible to get away from it between now and uh, April 26th, I believe. So what are we, like 20, 24 days away? Quick math for you. It's a, it's an exciting time of year. It's perfect. It's perfect in the Arizona Cardinals. You know, we had our throwdown Thursday. If you missed the segment, check out yesterday's podcast. I think everybody would – the consensus is that I absolutely just beat down Alex uh, about the case for a running back in the first round. I, I did see – what was it, uh, Lobo Jangles on Twitter? He uh, he said, um, like, no, what? Do we, come on, people. And I don't yeah. – this isn't the New York Giants or the Jacksonville Jaguars going in the top five when they have just an absolute just empty cupboard as far as roster talent in selecting Leonard Fournette or, or Saquon Barkley. This is, a, this is a roster that's ready to compete right now with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm it's it's not like your t- it's not like your typical situation where you just poo poo a, a first round running back in my opinion. I don't think it they're as close as people think they are. Like here's the thing is JJ Watt 
and Malcolm Butler could come in and have career renaissances here. I mean, Malcolm Butler played very well last year, especially for the lack of pass rush that they had in Tennessee. But they could not, and this could be an on-paper good roster with A.J. Green, but it just not translate at all. So say immediately out of the gates, they're not at the level, uh, uh, you know, the level of performance caliber that we think they could be, especially with the money that's been given, especially to A.J. Green and J.J. Watt. And then you look at 16 overall, and yeah, if you have a good running back, that's cool, but there are myriad other positions that are directly correlated to wins, losses, more than running backs. And it's not, listen, I, I even, I mean, I said that you could be right that a running back at 16, this could be the time, but if it's not, you'll be taking far more steps back than a running back would put you steps forward. Well, let me let me just ask you this. If, if it came down to, if, if J.C. Horn from South Carolina and if Patrick Sutain II is off, if they're both off the board, Elijah Vera Tucker, okay, let's, th- let's throw this mix. If you're just looking just from a pure football player standpoint, from the BPA, the best player available, Mm-hmm. Najee Harris, Greg Newsom, or Elijah Vera Tucker? Elijah Vera Tucker. Why do you say? Because Elijah Vera Tucker, as far as what his impact would be on paper going into 2021, would be a backup. Kyler Murray. No, but he wouldn't yeah, play. For now. Justin, the only reason Justin Pugh took a pay cut is because he probably wouldn't have got a gig somewhere else if he got cut, cut. And he wanted to stay with Arizona. So Elijah Vera Tucker would step in, like we've talked about this, that Elijah Vera Tucker playing left guard could solidify the left side of the line as a top five, top ten left side of the line in the NFL. And when it comes down to all of this, none of this works without Kyler Murray. None of it. So it doesn't matter. If Kyler Murray's not standing, if he's got dirt on his on his uniform getting getting hit over and over and over again, regardless of his stature, none of this matters. It's like trying to write a book and you don't know how to write. You need to be able to write to know how to write a book, and you're not writing a book without Kyler Murray. Lots of people who can't can't write have have written books. Lots of them. Just go just go check out like the uh, the autobiography section at the are Barnes and Noble still open? I mean, physically write, like <laughs> physically take pen to paper. La looks. Come on. I just don't know. Uh, I just. I mean, the the thing is, Elijah Tucker is not going to play. He's going to have a red shirt. We're, we're going to have another first round red shirt. I just don't know, like, the difference between Elijah Vera Tucker and a second-round guard, potentially. I don't think there's that that big of a fall-off or drop-off. But the difference between Najee Harris and Javante Williams or Travis Etienne and then the next three backs, I think there's a big difference. I think there's a big drop-off. Look, I, I think the sweet— Both could be true. Yeah, I think that Both the— Both those things could be true. I think that the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, the sweet spot is the second round for the running back position. I really yeah. do. It, it, and it's going to take a very, like, the the chances of the board falling to where they really need to, like, really inspect the running back position, it it's, would be very rare. Like, we're, we'll probably see five running, or quarterbacks go off the board. I mean, and then you've got 10 picks of non-quarterbacks between you, I mean, the Arizona Cardinals and, and a good prospect it. It's it's going to be interesting. It really is going to be fascinating to see how that falls uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. If you want to hear the full segment as far as our Throwdown Thursday, check out yesterday's podcast. It's Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockdownAZCards. That's where you can watch this stream live anywhere between 10.10 and 
uh, we are streaming live. You can check in on the show. You can actually uh, you can you can you can talk with us on the show, and we'll bring up usually what you're mentioning in the chat. And also uh, follow us on Twitter at Bob Rock B O B R A C K to follow me Bo Brock, and also follow Alex Clancy at Clancy's Corner. A juicy nugget on a veteran running back, a guy who has played a lot of big downs in the NFC West. Could he be coming to the desert? Plus, Larry Fitzgerald. We'll get into that conversation. All that and more. It's coming up. It's the Locked On Cardinals podcast. The final four tips tomorrow. UCLA getting 14 points. You like the 11-seeded Bruins to continue their crazy run through March Madness? They are taking on a juggernaut in the top-ranked Zags. 14 points. That's a lot. You like either one of them? Maybe make some quick money? Bet Online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Yeah, you've got three more college basketball games. Major League Baseball... They just open things up. They're already in full swing. The NBA continues as they start to get ready for the playoffs. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Yeah, head over to the website, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device even. Sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You put in 100 bucks, you'll get 50 free extra dollars. To build your stack, betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Sign up today for your free account. Use the promo code Locked On and get your 50% welcome bonus. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcast. It's Bob Rock. It's Alex Clancy. It's Locked on Cardinals hanging out with you on a Friday, kind of a hodgepodge of a podcast. Uh, we talked the draft prospects at the cornerback position. We talked the draft prospects at the running back position earlier this week. We've talked about Larry Fitzgerald. We've talked a lot of different topics this week, but I want to get into what Ian Rappaport, who on a weekly basis joins Alex local radio show in Phoenix on Fox Sports 910. He joins uh, him and Jody Ayler every Friday. And uh, Alex, take it away. I mean, rap sheet with yeah. a couple of juicy nuggets. You know, so you and I have been talking about what veteran running backs would be a good fit, money-wise, age-wise. I mean, I put out a couple lists. I mean, and, and Todd Gurley's always been a name. It's I can't think that he's done. Now, he's made a lot of money. Ian Rappaport brought up he's made about $50 million. So does he want to play? That's one question. Does he need to play? If his if his if his degenerative knee is going going to continue continue to deteriorate, does is his quality of life more important than playing football? He put a tweet out a couple days or yesterday. Todd Gurley did saying, "I'm about to sign with a team," and then he said, "April Fools, just kidding." Ian Rappaport said that the Cardinals have had interest in Todd Gurley. For a couple months. His quote is, this was on the drive Fox Sports 910 earlier this morning. I do know there's been some interest and there has been for a couple months. It's just really, you know, does he want to come in for a low salary? He's 26. He averaged about 13 yards a carry last year. Had a handful of touchdowns, about 600 plus yards. He had 159. Oh, what? How many yards carry? No, he averaged. Oh, did Friday. I say yards per carry? 13 carries per game. Sorry. Okay. Friday. 13 we'll carries per game. And in an Atlanta offense that's always been pass first, they've never really utilized the running back position as much as they could, even though Devontae Freeman flashed, and there have been flashes from other guys, Tevin Coleman, a lot of that was mixed in with the dump-down pass game. Todd Gurley, although he can do that, listen, 
The Cardinals need a guy who can touch the ball 15 times a game, average around four yards a carry, and score 10 touchdowns. He doesn't need to eclipse that thousand-yard thing. That's not where we're going anymore, especially with Chase Edmonds there and Jonathan Ward. I'm sure will be the third, third down or the uh, the third back in, in the in the running back room. You just need a guy, and he's 26, Bo. I know he's had two bad years: the last year with the Rams, and then last year with Atlanta. Atlanta's such a bad football team that I don't think that you can really take a whole lot away from those numbers from last year. And I'd give him a shot in a second. One year, three mil, sign me up. And then if you catch if you catch lightning in a bottle, the world is your oyster with your salary cap next year if you want to extend them. Like, I just think that if you're going to go down, you may as well go down hard if you're the Cardinals because the Cardinals are set up. J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, Malcolm Butler. This could not work. And if it doesn't work, why not bring another name in and just see, just put it on paper, the best team you'll ever see from 2015 in 2021. It's very poetic. Todd Gurley has Patrick Ewing knees right now. I mean, they're terrible. They're awful. They, they are not in great shape. Let me, tell, let me say this. Todd Gurley, Chase Edmonds, Jonathan Ward is not good enough to compete and contend in the NFL next season. Now. If it's a similar situation, and this was one of the best running back rooms the Arizona Cardinals ever had, and it was David Johnson in his rookie season, it was Chris Johnson coming in, which right. I could, I would, I would, I would take Todd Gurley in that role, as long as you're supplementing him with a rookie running back. You got to have fresh legs. You have to have a guy that you can just, you can just lean on. Now, especially when we get out of the first round, like I mentioned yesterday, like. Five of the last six top running backs off the board have been hits as far as being able to be a bell cow right out of the gates. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley's part of that list, okay? But if you go to the second round, those guys look like they need a little bit more seasoning. Even guys like Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, all the guys that you know and are okay, top of the Washington they don't, yeah, they don't pop immediately. It takes them a couple games. So if you could get a guy in like Todd Gurley to take on the load, who's seen it all, to help you win some games early on, I'll take it. And also, what you outline, what you, what you wanted from Todd Gurley is exactly what you got from Kenyon Drake last mm-hmm. year. Right. Sure. Um, I would trust Todd Gurley next year more than I would trust Kenyon Drake next year. And I was, and the price point was the main was the main separation of that. You knew Kenyon Drake, maybe not get the money that he got from Oakland or Vegas, which is ridiculous. What 11 mil guaranteed over two years, which is unheard of anymore from the running back position. But at this point, and I agree with you, they could still sign Todd Gurley. He's one of 53. If it costs $3 million, who cares? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. There's no such thing anymore. And fantasy football, you know, uh, uh, owners are, upset about this there's no such thing anymore as a crowded running back room like it's not a, it, it's not a negative anymore you need as many fresh legs who know the run block scheme to get yards fresh legs the ability to catch the ball and run between the tackles and run outside you have to be able to do it all and if you can't do it all it's like the the Tampa Bay Rays pitching rotation you have one guy that throws at 50 you know at 45 degrees one guy that throws over the top one guy that throws sidearm you just have a guy that has different specialties you could have three running backs active on 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 game day if they do different things then so be it that's where we're going now so if Todd Gurley comes in one year two mil you draft the kid from North Carolina in the second round I'm good with that yeah look I 
I've got a I've got a man crush on Javante Williams. I think he's this year's Nick Chubb. I really do. I think that if if somehow he gets to forty nine, that's that's it. That's your pick. That's that's the running back I want. Um, you know, outside of not, I mean, I don't think Najee Harris is going to last thirty two picks after you pick sixteenth overall. Hopefully, it's a guy that can compete for a starting corner role for this Arizona Cardinals team. It's Bo Brock. It's Alex Clancy. There was one more little nugget from Rap Sheet today, wasn't there? And it was about a kind of become a polarizing topic. It's it's Larry Fitzgerald. What's yeah. his future with the organization? So he said he hadn't talked to him in a while. Um, but he says this is his quote. I don't know which way it's going to go, so I don't want to come off like that at all. This a little bit reminds me of Drew Brees, where everyone knew he was retiring. It just took a little while to get there. Drew Brees, it took him a little while because he's like, I'm not Brett Farving this. Like, if I'm not coming back, I'm not coming back. And obviously, he was mixing everything in with the NBC Sports package, so he he knew he was going to go there. I'm sure he was uh, crossing the T's and dotting the I's before he said anything. With Fitz, it's different. The Cardinals will pay Larry Fitzgerald if he wants to come back. He could take advantage of the Arizona Cardinals for one more paycheck. He 100% could if he wanted to. Just depends on if he wants to be the fourth option on offense, if that, depending on what they do in free agency and, and, and the draft before the kickoff of the 2021 season. And, Bo, I asked you this yesterday, and I want to touch on this one more time. I had a conversation with a couple of people about this. Could Larry Fitzgerald come off as selfish if his price tag is too high for the 2021 season, directly correlated to his output, you know, stemming from last year and now being a year older. Do you think that he could be looked at as selfish or is he given a free pass front of the line pass to Disneyland for the rest of his life? What shows him as selfish? Like what scenario are you talking about? Like if at the end of the day, he signs with the Minnesota Vikings for no, if he were to sign with the Cardinals and take a lot of money and take away from Wanting to always want to win a championship, always want to win a championship. Well, if you take a lot of money, that's taking away from your ability to win a championship with the Cardinals. But he's not—he's not the one that's actually you know making the offer. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals—that's on them to make the right offer to Larry Fitzgerald. If they're going to overpay him, that's on the Cardinals. I will—I'm ne- not going to fault Larry Fitzgerald for being given the deal that he's asked for. Like I'll, I won't fault him for that. It's not selfish. It's—it's it's the team, you know, not not being able to handle the their business correctly. I mean, if he thinks, and this is, to answer my own question, no. I, he won't. I think he would be selfish to take, like, if they were to give him $8 million, I think that's selfish. I, I think it's I think it's being, and because he's made so, and obviously, make your money, I get it. With player empowerment, I completely back them with that stuff. But in this specific instance, Bo, it's like, how much money do you need from the Cardinals? They've been so bad for so long. You're on the precipice now of potentially something great. Don't you want to be a part of it? And don't you want to maybe maybe allow those funds to be allocated to somebody that's not 37 years old coming off the worst season of his career. Like but they have the opportunity to sign those people. Now are, are you saying that, that the difference is if he, if he signs that deal, it's going to uh, take away the funds for like a Casey Hayward type addition. Yeah. It, it has for the last three years and nobody talks about it because it's Larry Fitzgerald. It has, I get it. It, listen, anytime you give somebody who's 36 years old $11 million when you should be giving them three, that $8 million could be allocated to younger, better talent. I, I don't know whose fault. I mean, I think, it, well, Steve Kime is obviously the one that's signing the check, or, you know, Bidwell is the one signing the checks with a smile, but you know players have come in, in the NFL that are saying, you know what, I'll take less, let's go get somebody else. Patrick Mahomes just did it, and I know you can't compare them directly, but people do it. People do it. 
Two players yeah. on this team did it. Well, I guess not. Justin Pugh did it. I mean, if you want to bring in more talent, you can take less money. That's an option. Yeah, I just don't see it as selfish. It's not his. It's not his role to make sure that the team has enough cap space to go out and get get more players. It's his role to do his job, and it's also his role, especially in this where in the in the sports league, the professional league, where there's not a lot of guarantees. If he can get guaranteed dollars, he can't just turn his nose up on it. I mean, and it's. And we're not talking like quarterback money here. I mean, it's we're not talking about taking up $25, $30 million. It's not the Tom Brady situation. I mean, that's that's where you look at like guys not being that's where they really become unselfish. See Brock here, he doesn't think that there's any way Fitz retires the way the team's built. I this team has to be very appealing to Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see it as it, as far as Drew Brees, what we saw, especially at the end the last game he played, where he had two pretty crucial turnovers in that game and his inability to throw the ball downfield. Right. You know, there was probably him going back and forth. Can I still do this and feeling fresh one day and not feeling fresh the next day? Um, I don't know. Well, I, I think it's just a very unique situation. It's, it's not a difference between making like quarterbacks. Like I said, especially Drew Brees, Drew Brees made $25 million in his last year. Larry Fitzgerald's not going to even sniff that, but like if it's between, if they're just trying to knock the number down between six and three and a half and trying to find some middle ground there, I have no problem with them taking time. And I also don't have no problem if Larry Fitzgerald wants to make his decision after he skips a couple mandatory or voluntary mini camps the next couple months. I mean, yeah. he's earned that, right? No, agreed. And let me ask you quickly. You can think for one second, then you have to answer. How much money has Larry Fitzgerald made in his career? Answer. Oh, it's like $135 million. $180 million. 180? Take two mil less or three mil less and go and go try to push for a Super Bowl. Like it and this is again, players go make your money. You're the ones putting your bodies at risk. Larry Fitzgerald has been a model citizen, philanthropically, charitably. He's been Mr. Arizona since 2003, and he will go down probably as the greatest Arizona professional athlete of all time. And you don't even have to wait till later. It's it's gonna be him. Find us wherever you find podcasts. Check out our YouTube page. We've got a couple extra videos there, like our latest Throwdown Thursday. And also, uh, just check out, we we got we deep-dived the cornerback position as far as the draft's concerned on Monday. We deep-dived the running back position as far as the draft prospects earlier this week as well. Uh, it's been a fun week of shows. We're getting into that kind of, um, we had the NFL free agency. Now it's just hurry up and wait for the NFL draft. Uh it, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a wild ride. I can't wait to see how this plays out. We're gonna start to see some more movement, I would think, uh, as far as the draft's concerned and, and how it's gonna impact the Arizona Cardinals. Let's get into Sean Williams before we get out of here. We'll revisit that real quick. Uh, and, and we'll put kind of the finishing touches on a fun week of podcasts. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The championship game is set. I didn't misspeak. I meant to say champion, not champion, because, yeah, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now we need to find out which Built Bar is the best of the best. It's Built Bar Madness, and it's your championship game. It's the unbelievable cookies and cream versus the coconut brownie chunk. My personal favorite 
coconut brownie chunk. It's new to the party, but man, does it pack some flavor. Delicious. Either one of them, though, worthy. Check it out. BuiltBar.com. Cast your vote for which one you think is the best tasting protein bar. Or go on Twitter. Bar underscore Built. Remember, when you're on the website, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won the championship. Who will become the best tasting protein bar? Yeah, the Locked On NFL Draft. uh, We've got the mock draft coming up. Alex and I have made a pick. Um, We're not going to tell you what we selected. You're going to have to tune in. You're going to have to listen to hear we picked on behalf of the Arizona Cardinals. We... uh, we took place of Steve Kime. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think a lot of people would, or the grass is greener for anybody else. We'll take my of- hairline. I'm like in the middle of that spectrum. Stevie Baby's on one side, you're on the other side. I'm smack dab in the middle. I'll take it. As far as the beards, though, I think Steve Kime might have us beat as far as the beards. Because he hibernates for like three months after every season <laughs> and he doesn't talk to anybody. So, yeah, that's when he gets to grow it. But if you aren't ready for the NFL draft or if you just can't wait, join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak as they give you their the latest positional rankings, analysis for the 2021 draft prospects, and team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. That's coming your way. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's wrap up this fun week of shows, Alex. I, I think I, I mentioned it. Sean Williams, I think, is a sneaky good addition. And when we talk about all the big names that the Cardinals have signed this offseason, you know, you've got the J.J. Watts, you've got the uh, A.J. Greens, and you've got even Matt Prater at the kicking position, kind of a bigger name for place kickers as he, uh, as he takes over for Zane Gonzalez and Mike Nugent. Um, a, a little under-the-radar signing, Sean Williams rejoins a guy he had a lot of success with in Cincinnati, in uh, Vance Joseph. Yeah, and remember, Vance Joseph, his claim to fame was the secondary, was defensive backs. That's how he made his claim to fame. Um, It was weird seeing him in his first year, obviously, sans Patrick Peterson for the first six weeks. Everybody's like, well, does he still still have it with the DBs? But uh, we saw last year that Vance Joseph is one of the better defensive coordinators in the league, especially what was given to him. Bringing a familiar face back, obviously, he came over, he comes over with A.J. Green. There's some camaraderie there, both playing with Cincinnati. You can never have too much depth in the secondary room especially with where the Cardinals are at now. It is really, it really may turn into a plug-and-play situation until they find the right elixir with guys on the field. So sure, you add veteran leadership of any sort, not even leaders, you add veteran presence with, with, um, with Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson over the top and Chris Banjo re-signed also. It's a good day. I mean, any name you could put in that room that's had some success in the NFL is good for the Cardinals. Yeah, it's um, as far as what Jake Lisko of... Locked on Bengals told me that uh, he fell out of favor as far as with his positions coach. Uh, he was great with the with the media, um, and he's kind of a strong safety guy. So uh, he, as far as he's better in coverage than he gets credit for, the rejoining of Vance, Vance Joseph now in his third season, he's got an opportunity to build the secondary that he knows how to coach. Mm-hmm. It's not You've got Patrick Peterson, do what you will with P2, and then P2 also had, you know, father time, you know, put flexing on him a little bit, and he had the PED suspension. Vance Joseph now, and all the excuses are gone. Now he's, he's bringing in his guys. He's getting the type of players that he can, that will work in his scheme. And I think that Sean Williams is, is just a, a piece of that. And, and I'm not saying he's going to vie for time over Buda Baker or Jalen Thompson, but we've seen, even with Jalen Thompson, that 
he's not a guy that you can rely upon to play each and every week. And I thought you made a great point with Buda Baker's just the veracity, like the, the, just the energy he plays with and how hard he hits and the size he is. It's not, it, it's, it, he could easily be out a couple of weeks after taking on George Kittle and taking a, a bad hit. Right. And I mean, obviously you never wish that upon anybody, but I mean, he has a lot of Bob Sanders in him. And Bob Sanders played 